Hello and welcome to the Lifehouse Church Beloved Podcast. My name is Lena Hobson and I'm here with Carolyn Thomas and Debbie Singh. I nearly called you Brad Singh just then. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's definitely Debbie. <laughs> um, we're continuing on with our Colossians series. We're looking at chapter 3 again. Um, and last week we finished off on that bright and cheery note that the wrath of God is coming. Um, so get yourselves sorted out. And I'll make sure you're, you're killing off that earthly nature. Um, so we talked about the wrath of God, and that's talking about, you know, it's not so much that, like, God's out to get you, but it's that, you know, what you sow into your life, you're going to reap. Um, so, because God is opposed to sin, and, and sin makes him angry, and it and it will be punished. You know, our God is a holy, holy God, and sometimes we can you know, get into areas of compromise in our life because, you know, God is a God of love and, you know, He loves us um, so He's not going to punish us but, you know, there is consequences for sin in, in our life and, you know, that's not God's best for us either so we need to be putting to death um, what is of our earthly nature and we, we talked a lot about, you know, that idolatry and spiritual adultery when we're, you know, putting things before God for God that um, God is meant to have the first place in our life and you know that we can put things and sneak things in and um, you know but God is first in our life okay so let's move on now keep talking about chapter 3 and we'll read from verses 7 to 10 in the NIV you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which has been renewed in the knowledge, renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So we'll just look at some of the the key phrases in these verses. Right, so the life you once lived. What does that mean? Okay, so we're to put to death and get rid of anything from our earthly nature, anything in line with the world, and become in that, you know, that practical, actual living sense um, what and who we are in Christ. So that life we once lived is that old way of being controlled and ruled by every desire. Yeah, <laughs> I had the old life before Christ, um, before change and before you got real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before you got real. Um, yeah, I've got for the old life, it's it's the life you, you once lived as an unbeliever, your old sinful life. Mm. Yeah. And we're to rid ourselves. So again, we, we've mentioned in previous podcasts about these, you know, strong action this is an action on our part, you know, to rid is to clear um, or to free of something objectionable, you know, it's a strong word. You know, we can't try and hold on to these things, but we're actually to forcefully put them away. Mm. Yeah. And that, like you said, Lena, it's, yeah, that's a strong verb, rid yourself. And other versions say to put off. And as Christians, we need to get rid of, we need to put off, we need to turn from these old sinful nature, flesh behaviours. And, you know, I think of that when I think of put off, I think of it as like taking off dirty clothes and actually totally getting rid of them and burning them. 
and um, you know that Greek for put as well it's you know a strong word to explain put off from oneself to put it away and so that put away as well is more than just stopping doing these things putting them away means you actually get rid of them totally gone and, and you don't ever return to it and um, a definition for the word root as well clear free cleanse purge purify strip scour avoid be freed of or relieved of so it is really strong um, a strong word and so some of the things that we have to get rid of anger rage malice slander and filthy language from your lips you know that anger as well is a very um, strong word used from the greek orge which means wrath and it's the strongest of all passions and the rage um, again tying in with the anger it's thumos which again is a hot anger or passion and then malice comes from the greek kakaya and that's talking about badness and quality so vicious character Slander, blasphemy, blasphemia, probably from blapto, which is to injure, and feme, which is speech. So it's injurious speech. And in uh, Matthew, Mark, and Ephesians, and Colossians, and 1 Timothy and Jude, it's all translated as railing. So it's that really just, you know, injurious speech where you're actually speaking to injure pe people. Filthy language. Ascrologia. I'm sorry I'm murdering the Greek language, um, but really a base utterance, the utterance of an uncontrolled tongue, and it's mostly associated with foul or filthy speaking. And so, you know, we're told to take off your old self with these practices, put on the new self, which has been renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. So that old self is what belongs to the past. It's your former self before conversion, your old man. And um, in Paul's writing, the old man stands for that unregenerate nature personified as a former self of your believer, which having, um, which having been crucified with Christ needs to be apprehended or stopped and put off because that old man is the source and the seat of sin. Um, and Romans 6, 6 and 7, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So the new man stands for the new nature personified as your regenerate self, and it's a nature that's created in righteousness and holiness. Um, and so we take on that new nature, we imitate that nature and the image of Christ. And as I said earlier, so that, you know, in the NIV study Bible, it talks about taking off and putting on as if you take off dirty clothes and then put on clean ones. So we call to renounce our evil ways and live accordance um, with the rules that Christ sets up for us. And that whole renew to be renewed is to make new. And it's really important to note the new here in the Greek is kainos, and it means new, not as in recent. You know, like you might say, I got a new handbag or it's something that's recent. But here the new, the meaning of the Greek here is actually different. So the new nature, not as, oh, I've just got it recently, but it's different to what it was before. Yeah, so that's all I have to say. <laughs> different nature, remodeled. Um, new. And so I was looking at the renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. So that renewed the new man is being renewed unto knowledge. So yep. true knowledge in Christ as opposed to false teachings. So... That you know that full knowledge and that recognition, um, and it, the the dictionary I was looked at says it's talking about expressing a full or fuller knowledge, so you actually are participating. Um, you know you know the object, so you have can more like powerfully influence them. So 
you know, we're to grow in the true knowledge of God and allowing that to influence us and nothing else. And that goes to the same, I bet that renewing is the same as, you know, we'd be, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. So like you're saying, it's growing in that knowledge, it's getting the truth in instead of all the old stuff yeah. and the lies. Yeah, so yeah, we're being renovated. Yep. Um, okay, let's move well, on. Well, not renovated, maybe even just demolished and totally rebuilt, because renovated would suggest some of the old structure. Oh, that's true, yeah. Cause rebuilt. We, yeah, like yeah. yeah. Need new foundation too, so you got to start from scratch. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, foundation as well, yep. Okay, so verse 11 says here, There is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, psychothan, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Right, so in Christ there are no barriers and we are all equal in Him. I really like that. There's like It's completely about God. It's nothing to do with us. Mm. There's nothing about us that gains acceptance. It is by faith alone. Um, you know, there's nothing that the world would consider advantageous actually gives us a level up with God. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's nothing that the world would reject in you that um, sees you rejected with God. And what you're saying there as well is, um, in the Amplified it puts it this way, in this new creation all distinctions vanish. Mm. There is no room for, and there can be neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, so all distinctions vanish. So it doesn't matter who we are, yep, or who you are. It's I think that's why Jesus was born in such a lowly stable, yeah. to show people that, like you've been born in a rich big palace like he's accessible to everyone mm. and and i think god did that on purpose you know yeah. just to like you say it doesn't matter who you are whatever and everyone you know jesus had such a lowly birth yeah yeah because if it had been you know an actual king then people would have been like oh well, yeah. that was just somebody who already for, had yeah. money so, and it's know. also an elite kind of well yeah. it's not for me i'm not yeah. of the same class or you know yeah um i I was thinking, you know, and, and it also doesn't matter if we feel or see ourselves as worthy or not. So that's mm. not for us to decide. It's yeah. Because it's yeah. everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you feel it or not. It's yeah. It's for you, you know. Um, so Paul mentions some barriers that Christ has destroyed. So barriers that come from birth and nationality. Barriers that come from ceremonial observances and rituals barriers between the culture and the uncultured or between class and class. Yes, yeah, so mm. these relate directly to that scripture. So that first one, barriers from birth and nationality, is that no Jew or Gentile or Jew. And then the barriers that come from ceremonial observances and rituals is the circumcised or uncircumcised. Uh, barbarian Scythian is the barriers between cultured and uncultured. And then slave or free is the barriers between class and class. Um, so if we talk about the first one, the barriers from birth nationality, that's where he says there's no Jew, Gentile or Jew, so in Christ it doesn't matter. He died for everyone and Christ alone is what counts and he transcends all barriers and he unifies everybody. So people from all nations, um, you know, both religions or all religions can come to him. But obviously they wouldn't keep their 
yeah. or religion, do you know what I mean? Like, that will come to not, the true God, not their own. They will come away yes, from exactly. their religion. Just add yeah, religion. To <laughs> they are not all of the one religion. No, and all roads definitely that. do not lead to God. It's Jesus Christ, the only way. Yeah, but, you know, the then it was, when this was written, it was just, they thought, you know, only the Jews, salvation was for the Jews, but it's for the Gentiles as well. And, you know, well, I guess everyone that wasn't Jewish there was considered Gentiles, so... Um, so do you want to each talk about one and then we come back or shall I just go through just all four? Go through. Alright, so and then the second one varies from the ceremonial observances and rituals. So that's where he says there's no, you know, circumcised or uncircumcised. And again it's talking everything like you said earlier, um, Lena, it's just all about Christ. It's nothing to do with us because Christ is what counts. Um, physical circumcision is not important any longer because it's circumcision of the heart that's our new covenant with Christ. And, you know, Paul writes a lot about that in different places, and he says circumcision is no, nothing, you know. Mm. Um, and then the third one, I quite enjoyed this, this barbarian. Um, this is the cultured and the uncultured. Um, because I looked this up, this um, barbaros, and that's where that barbarian comes from. Barbaros meant one whose speech is rude or harsh, um, they had a, you know, an onomatopoeia is a word that sounds like, you know, crash, boom, okay, so bar-bar, B-A-R-B-A-R, so that's where it came from because um, they would say that, you know, they repeat that sound bar-bar to talk about someone who's really uncouth and uncouth and so in those days it was any foreigner who was ignorant of the Greek language and culture, they would just say, oh, they're just like, you know, mock them sort of and say Baba so it signified one who spoke a strange or foreign language and so that's where barbarian came from just uncultured um, 1 Corinthians 14 11 says if I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying I'm a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker is a foreigner to me so they would class all those foreigners who didn't speak Greek as you know barbarian and um, in the Egyptian language the word for all non-Egyptian peoples was Berber B-E-R-B-E-R, which is very similar. And then the Sith, um, Scythians were known for their brutality and they were considered as little better than wild beasts. So again, and originally they came from what to, is today South Russia. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but that was just what the Greeks, you know, I mean, they would have their own prejudice and whatever, but that's what they considered to all these people, what these people were, barbarians and Scythians, and so very derogatory sort of terms and, and what they thought about them. And then, um, so we'd be technically barbarians. Yeah, to them, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so slave or free, I mean, we're all free in Christ, so even slaves are free in Him. And um, I've got here, in terms of enjoy some relationships, doesn't matter, okay, I don't know. But, it, you know, it doesn't matter if, if you were a slave in the physical, what Paul was saying there, because he did talk about as well if you were a slave, you know, you remain in the condition that you were when you came to Christ. But that didn't make a, um, that was no longer a barrier to relationship and standing in Christ. Um, and so slaves have got the same, you know, then they have the same righteousness in Christ as a non-slave did. So mm -hmm. in Christ, they were all equal and it was because it is all about him and his righteousness. Um, Alright, well let's move on then to um, verse 12. So verses 12 to 14 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. So Paul's off by starts off by stating um, who we are because who we believe we are often determines how we think and behave. You know, you think about like children, if you teach a child that they're not important and they're dumb, they've got no future, you know, they probably end up behaving poorly um, and they'll probably become everything that you said they are, you know. How many kids probably are being told, you know, you're just going to end up in jail, yep. end up in jail. Um, and if you teach a child that they're important and they're special and God loves them and so do you and that they're strong and smart, you know, um, because they're well-loved children, they will behave appropriately. So Paul starts off by stating who we are, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And then he sets out how we are to behave and think. Um, so these attitudes that Paul's listed, you know, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with each other and forgiving one another, um, these are all to do with how we tr treat each other or how we relate to one another. So they're about personal relationships. So we're going to have a look now at each of these virtues and just discuss them. So compassion. Debbie, do you want to talk about compassion? Yeah. Um, it's concern for or care of others. Um, I, was just, I have my notes here. We can get so caught up in our own bubble that it's easy to miss when others need compassion. Mm. Um, I've actually even been at like parties or you know gatherings or you know been over at people's places, barbecues, whatnot. Um, and I'm, I've, this has happened probably a couple of times. I thought I think I'm a pretty compassionate person myself, but um, just talking about how we can miss it sometimes. Um, my husband has actually said to me, oh, was that friend of yours okay? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's bad, Debbie, for male picks up. And just, I know. <laughs> no, but that's, that's what I mean. Sometimes we can get so caught, that's, that's what I mean, we get so caught up in, and, when, and, you know, and it'll be somebody that I've spoken to even, and and I've not picked it up. I think it's probably happened maybe twice, but, um, and actually, well, I've actually then messaged the friend and said, is everything okay? And they're like, yeah, I was just tired or, you know, so, so it's not been anything major. Yeah. But, you know, like having compassion for others is, yeah, definitely something that's it's easy enough to do and having concern and care for others. I think, yeah, I think I'd like to think I'm good at it, but we can all slip yeah. at times. Yeah. So. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm the only one that's... <laughs> Maybe yes. my husband's just more compassionate than I am. So. Yeah, you know, I don't feel like I'm naturally good at compassion. I think it's a gift. <laughs> got to work like at a it. a discipline. Yes. I'm going to message this person and check in on them. And <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think sometimes it depends on the person that you're being compassionate yes. towards. Yes. <laughs> True. For goodness sake, if you need me, just call me. Like. <laughs> um, something that always really strikes me in um, Matthew is John, the scripture is like Matthew 14 is John the Baptist has just been beheaded um, and his disciples came and reported this to Jesus and um, Jesus goes away, separates from the crowd so he can have a bit of time just grieving. Um, 
And when it says, you know, Matthew fourteen thirteen and 14, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by a boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. This really it always speaks to me, really strikes me, um, this unselfish love and compassion God has for us. You know, Jesus chose to have compassion and not be caught up in what was going on in his life and, you know, not allowed, you know, his emotions and um circumstances to sort of dictate how he was going to respond to the crowds. You know, he chose to have compassion regardless of how he particularly was feeling at that moment in time. <laughs> Here you go, Tom. Let's put it as 21 minutes. Don't you want to just plug in? No, I'm to take too long. It's okay, I'll just pick up these I started. So that was 21 was your time to cut. Yeah. Okay. I gave a lot more examples than this. <laughs> yeah, no, well, we can say them all. We'll go back to yeah. yeah, go back to you. I've still got, yeah. Go on okay. Alright, so that compassion is just that sensitivity to those suffering and a need. Um, so I just really love how Jesus put that in action. Um, by helping the poor and the oppressed, you know, and not putting himself first. Mm. And I think a lot of the scriptures you see as well, and you mentioned one of them, Matthew, that often it will say Jesus was moved with compassion, and then, you know, he acts. Mm. Um, and the Amplified def- puts it as tender-hearted pity and mercy. And Luke six thirty six says, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. And, you know, I think as well that's a, you know, I think a lot of times you will feel the emotion that goes with it and you moved, but then there's other times where you can still be compassionate um, just as, you know, a choice. Mm-hmm. Debbie, did you, you said you had some other examples. Oh, and, did you? oh no, just with the other. Oh, right, yeah. With the, the other, other things, yeah. Go, sorry, <laughs> each one, yeah. Okay, so kindness is that goodness of heart. Um, you know, to me is primarily like love in action. Mm-hmm. Um, so that thoughtful deeds for others or speaking and acting kindly to someone regardless of how they act towards you yeah, yeah. Terry, did you want to yeah no I was just, it, it, it's another one that's easy to slip mm-hmm. um, but there's such simple ways in that that you can do it um, like for instance when you're at the shops like I shop at Aldi <laughs> and you know I often have a big lot of groceries and if somebody's in line behind me and they've got, you know, their arms full of yeah, groceries, I'm like, just go, go in front first, of me, you yeah. know. It's not a big yeah. thing, but it's just being kind, you know, yeah. and just... Or if they look like they're, you know, some, sometimes I've let elderly ladies duck mm. in, in front of me or someone who looks like they're stressed or, you know, yeah. little things like that. Um, and when we used to live in Melbourne, like, we used to give our parking tickets, you know, not parking tickets, I should parking permit ticket, you know, that you have to pay for. Um, and if we'd finished and we still had it, we'd actually go and find somebody to give it to that was coming in. So we'd kind of wait and go, oh, here, have a free parking yeah, ticket. Yeah. So that sounds funny when you call it a parking ticket, but it's like I a know you permit you put it in your car, <laughs> you never know something. But um, just little, you know, it is, it's, what did you just say before, Lena? It was like um, love, love in action. action. Yes, yeah, that's, that's it. good. Yeah, or calling up to do something for others, you know. So some of those things are, like, I find it difficult to 
ring people on the phone. I'm not great at calling up people and going, hey, can I just do this for you? Yeah. Whereas, you know, writing a letter or, you know, trying to cheer somebody up or babysit for them or do, yeah. doing things like that yeah. that, you know, are, are selfless things. As well. and, and I think it's important to realise this: these things don't come naturally to us. No. We've got it. It is like, if, you know, it's a choice, like you say, you've got to make that choice to yeah. actually do it. And as you say, love and action, that's a good, you mm. know, choosing to do that. Um, Ephesians 2, 7 says, In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Um, so that's really nice. Yeah. And like you, you say about just, you know, doing those acts like with the parking permit mm. I had um, David and I had a movie ticket that was going to expire like it was the day it was expiring and we knew that we weren't getting to the movies and I was at the mall so I just thought oh okay I just got on the escalator behind a woman that had a little gun I said are you going to the movies by any chance right now and she's like yep and I said okay do you want this ticket and I had to like fight the thing of like people are going to think I'm a crazy woman coming to <laughs> ask them number one like are you going to the movies? Because most people would get a bit defensible. What's it, you know? And I thought she might just think like I'm weird, but she was, you know, fine with that. But it would have almost been just easy for me to throw it in the bin. And I thought, well, that's just pointless if someone's going up there, it saves them, you know? Yeah. yeah. So just going against maybe as well sometimes your fear of looking foolish or, yeah. you know, what if I get it wrong and they're not feeling like that or they don't, you know? Yeah. I just really just reminded me of when I was like in high school I went to this youth conference and there was this in the time in worship and this young woman next to me just started like sobbing like really upset oh that would have been hard broken. for you Lena and no one in her like friendship circle was doing anything they just left her and I was like oh, my heart was just like oh she's clearly struggling a bit gave her a bit of a hug you know and she was like she just really needed a hug from someone, so she gave, she clung on to me while she sobbed. Like, ooh, awkward. <laughs> and that's so you don't actually have to do anything or say anything. Hey, it's just yeah. um, we overthink it sometimes. They might just want, like you say, that hug. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Humility, so that lowliness of mind and having a realistic mindset view of ourselves and how in need of God we are. So instead of like exalting ourselves mm. um, we realise just how dependent we are on God I think the more you mature the more you realise <laughs> how great your need for God is <laughs> um, when I yeah, thinking about that humility um, just two scriptures came to mind Romans 12 3 for by the grace given to me I say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but mm. rather think of yourself as sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you Sorry, it's not a second one. That's an amplified of the same. I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance. Um, you know, and that, that humbleness, like you said, Lena, it's a lowliness of mind. It's not being arrogant. Um, it's it's when, And when it talks about a lowly opinion of yourself, it's not meaning like worm pride mm. or putting yourself, it's mm. just as opposed to arrogance. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's also only, um, you know, it ties in with the gentleness and meekness because 
only the only the humble heart is meek and doesn't fight a God against God and struggle and contend with Him. And I'm getting myself all muddled up here. I've got scriptures all over the place, but um, you know, meekness comes first before God and then towards men. And uh, yeah. I, don't, I think I'll just go straight on to gentleness. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say with humility. It's sort of all yeah. going together. Yeah, no, that's all right. I was, I was just going to say um, to not be confused with it being a doormat. Yes, yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. um, humility really is is meekness, and mm. that's really strength under mm. control. It's not a doormat, and yeah. Jesus was meek, but it's that strength under control, and it takes self-control to actually exhibit that. And, you know, so in gentleness as well, and scripture's got deep meaning because it's talking about like an inner grace of your mm. soul and it's a temper of spirit in which we accept God's dealing with us as good. And so, um, you know, without disputing and resisting God. And, and, and as I said earlier, it's closely linked with humility because you can only be meek and gentle if you're humble, if you've mm. got a humble heart. Um, and, and knowing that even when people do wrong to you, that um, you know, and God for whatever reason has permitted it, and He's used it to 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 train and purify you. That helps you to still have that gentleness and humility. And two Timothy two twenty five says, opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do His will. And I think you can only really apply and live that scripture if you've got that gentleness and that meekness and that humility. Because if you've got arrogance, you're going to just want revenge and stuff. You're not going to be able to still deal with them in, in that way, you know, hoping that you'll bring them to repentance. Mm. I've been thinking about how, like, you respond to people in the world. You know, there was someone at work who was stating these opinions that I do not agree with. Um, and in my mind, I have like all these little arguments like, this is what I want to say to you, set you straight, da, 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 da. and I was like, how is that in any way helpful? Like, that's not a witness to that person, me just like... Slamming them. <laughs> yeah, going, these are all the reasons why you're an idiot and wrong. Yeah. You know, that's not in any way helpful as a witness to them, in any way going to point them towards the gospel. It's just about me getting out like that emotional release of, you know, dealing with frustration. Um, so I've been trying to think about that a lot lately, like, what is the way that I could answer this person in a way that's actually going to draw them closer to God and not yeah. just deal with my emotional frustration by yeah. what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and then that goes on to then you'll be developing fruit there, Lena, of patience or long-suffering. <laughs> so in every situation it might even not be about anything to do with them, it might be about things that God's teaching you. Yeah, well it's like so true because you think about like how many situations you hear something snippet at work or wherever and you go, actually I'm not going to be able to be out and just be thrown away, yeah. I'm not going to get It'll any return, swan, huh? there's no point, yeah. it's just about yeah. patience, have some wisdom. And that also, yeah I was going to say, that takes wisdom and maturity because I know that I used to be the same, it's like no, this is wrong, I'm going to say it. and it is, it does take um, wisdom to know when it's going to be beneficial to speak and when it's not mm -hmm. yeah and I love that patience is yeah. um, drawn from long suffering like yeah. it's called long suffering yeah yeah um, a, a friend <laughs> a friend of mine the other day um, sent me these um, just a pin on Pinterest and it was um, it was like a silhouette 
heads of of ladies, you know, girls and things, and just like there was like love and and um, peace and joy and you know like just had a little. It was just it was a funny little thing, not funny, but you know it was a cute little thing. Anyway, and it was interesting though because I was looking at them all and I was you know thinking you know when you look at a silhouette you think I wonder if that's if what that would look like. Anyway, it got down to the bottom and the last one on there was patience. And it looked like an older woman. <laughs> that's all I could think of. Like the hair wasn't like as time. nice as the rest, and it wasn't meant to be funny. It was yeah, just, but it yeah. was just. I thought that is so hey. what yeah, it is. It, it's yeah. long suffering because I know for years now I've prayed. Well, actually, no. Learned years ago, <laughs> I was praying for patience, yeah. <laughs> and God is still delivering on those. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm pretty, I have stopped asking for patience <laughs> now because I know he's teaching me. <laughs> but that's what I find as well. When I was younger, I would have been a lot more intolerant, um, you know, and, and, and really um, shocked for me to realise um, at one time that impatience often just actually stems from pride. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I could get really impatient if I'm in a queue or waiting or whatever. And, and what is that saying? Oh, I um, really should be first or why how dare you make me wait type thing so that was a bit of a shock for me but you know God is long suffering with us and 2 Peter 3 9 says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises some understand slowness instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance and I have to remind myself of that sometimes when I get impatient with people that I feel are not changing or growing fast enough, you know. Um, God doesn't treat me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've got to get frustrated when they don't grow or they don't deal with issues. Um, but then, on the other hand, you know, that's part of sometimes I'll, you know, I was talking before about berating myself and saying, well, it's wrong, I shouldn't get frustrated. But then I thought, no, you know what, I am actually patient most times because I've worked for years and years with people. I've taken the excuses, I've taken strife and really, you know, to in the efforts of trying to get them to deal with issues and work through. And it's only everybody that's ever walked away from us in our ministry, it's been after many years when we've actually have worked with them. It seems at the end it's really quick and sudden, but when you look back, it's years of actually trying to help and trying to work um you know and it's only then that you stop trying um yeah and so i've had to have patience as well because i have i'm able to diagnose um often that you know god will give me a diagnosis of the situation so what's wrong with in the person's life or whatever and and that can be incredibly frustrating because i want to just say well i know boom 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 this is what's wrong this is what you need to deal with and and i have to have to learn um, to receive that diagnosis from God and actually have to sit on it or just use it to pray or whatever and allow the Holy Spirit to work at His pace, mm-hmm. which is not as fast as what I would work. <laughs> and, and, you he know, can so, switches, but He yeah. doesn't usually. <laughs> and, and actually to realize He actually, His way is better. Um, and, you know, so I've had to learn to be patient, especially with having that, you know... Um, gifting or whatever you want to call it where God gives me that insight and I have to just do nothing with it often mm-hmm. yeah. you know what that would be like you know if you put someone on a crash diet and it will last a very short period of time yeah, yeah. put someone on a like a healthy, healthy eating slower. Yeah, slowly they change that's a lifetime change yeah, you've just exactly. enacted but crash diet doesn't work and the Holy Spirit does know what he's doing. Mm. He's clever and he's like really him. good at his job. Yeah. 
a bit better than I'm better than me. <laughs> Even though I often think I'm the fourth person, you know, trying to. You just listen to me, Holy Spirit. I can help you and give you advice. It's like, no, 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 actually, he totally knows best, and I'm getting taught in this myself. See, so you're learning humility. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So being patient is part of like long suffering as Debbie said I was thought about how this like how often we can be impatient at the traffic lights yeah. but you know like patience is like months and years of <laughs> patience your um, mother teaches you that too <laughs> patience it's such a good character Grace. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's good I love my voice um, I like Hebrews 6 12 it says we do not want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through Faith and patience inherit what is being promised. Love it. Alright. Okay, it's time for us to wrap up now. Hope you got lots of juicy things to think about and just meditate on. Um, I encourage you again just to get into the word for yourself. Um, and just, you know, I just ask for the Holy Spirit to just begin revealing um, what it means to you and you know just as you start applying this to your life like it would just be a, a knowledge not just all in your head but just from walking it out um in your day-to-day -day experience and can i just add that you know you the holy spirit is there to help you so you don't have to do it on your own so ask him to help you put off the behaviors that you might be struggling with and also just remember 1 John 1 9 says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So that's what Jesus will do for you and has done. So you've just got to come and bring it to him. So don't you know beat yourself up when you start identifying these things but do something about it. Don't you know when I'm saying don't beat yourself up there's no condemnation but don't sit with them either. Just you know get rid of it as quickly as you can. Mm. Amen. Alright, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us on our website www.life-house.net um, and also check out our other podcasts. Alright, thank you very much for listening, tuning in. We hope you got a lot out of it and um, we'll see you next time.